Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio. Thank God it's Friday. So, uh, Deshaun Watson, 11 games, $5 million. Now, let's just put this in perspective. He signed a contract for over $230 million, I believe. It's for the Browns, so $5 million off that is a drop in the bucket. Number two, um, the 12-game thing. The reason I've heard is that he can't actually get that money unless he plays like starting week 12 or something having to do with him getting paid this year. That's why they that was like the last part. I still think it's garbage, and I don't think the punishment is severe enough. Ned, your thoughts? I would like to hear from Judge Robinson, who issued the initial penalty of six games. So this adds five games onto that penalty. That, in my opinion, is nothing more than the great compromise because I think these two sides felt they had to get together. Otherwise, it was going to go to federal court, and if it went to federal court, there's got to be a winner and a loser, and I think the NFL might have been the loser in this case. So, guys, let's get together. Let's come up with a formula. You're right about the 12 games. It had something to do with the way he was going to be paid. Yeah, the $5 million, that's a pretty good chunk. Keep in mind now, he's not being paid for these first 11 games either, so that's a pretty good chunk out of his salary as well. However, this is Deshaun Watson. He can afford and the Cleveland Browns will pro- uh, probably help him afford what that penalty is going to be. But the whole thing kind of kind of smacks of, hey, let's, let's get this thing over with. It's bad publicity because I, I have read, and this is from several uh, correspondents at several news agencies, women's groups around the country are still very much upset with this decision. But they sell pink junior uniforms and jerseys in, in October, Ned. Are you kidding me? They love women. No, that's garbage. <laughs> and this judgment proves that he should have been kicked out for a year, if not longer, um, based on what the allegations are. It's not cool. But I get I know it's 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 not about it. That's the crappy thing about the whole situation is you've got to look at it from it's a league player situation now and he made it that and it's garbage and he's a garbage human being and that's the bottom line and he still denies it and he still won't offer a distinct apology no it's a generalized one that didn't just settle it. out of court which i mean if if you're innocent you're innocent why would you pay all this money why would you settle out of court all these times one time let's just let it it's not worth the time let's just pay him off it doesn't work i'm not gonna deal with this but how many, I mean, it was like 20, 20 out of the 30 have been settled out of court, something like that. I don't know, man. Anyway, let's talk about something else. Big 10 conference TV rights deal. It's a pretty big deal. And utterly incredible. A lot of money. How about a billion? Folks, that's a billion with a B, like in boy, brilliant, like in brave. Buoyancy. Buoyancy's another, that's bread. what they are, buoyancy. <laughs> bread. I think bread. Let's go with bread. This is incredible. This is a $1 billion a year. A year. $7 billion. Seven-year contract. $7 billion. It is CBS, Fox, and NBC all getting into this. This is just the start. There's going to be more. The contract will begin next year, 2023, although CBS won't be a part of it right away. They still have an agreement with the SEC that runs through next year, 2023. So they'll join in 2024. The big winner is NBC. They get the prime time game of their choice, a Big Ten conference game. This is Big Ten, folks. And this is a Big Ten that in 2024 is going to include UCLA, Southern California, and who knows who else? 
Good gracious, this is an incredible deal. Whoever put this thing together knows something that we don't in terms of how these things are going to come together. You've heard my speculation many times before. It's going to end up as three major national conferences three, uh, three that encompasses all of the big schools, and they're going to divide up the pie, and the pie is very rich. Starting with the billion with a B. You know what's interesting, too, is that news yesterday that for the first time streaming outdid cable television. Um, I wonder if this was also kind of a play, like, because you see Amazon, YouTube, all these other th- guys making a play at sports, you know, at the NFL and Thursday night games and stuff. I, it's not too long before these big guys start going after college football. Too. I wouldn't read anything into that except that I'm one of the streamers. Yeah, I know. I'm on streaming. Me too. I know. So right. uh, it, you know, it has some credibility. It to does. It. it does. Once you get it to work, and I'm tired of coming over to your house to have to fix it. <laughs> all right, round two of the PGA playoffs. Uh, who's in the lead? Well, it's Keegan Bradley, but it's it's really, really a tight match. As you knew it would be. This is the BMW Classic in Wilmington, Delaware. The big deal, Bradley leads by one over a host of others. It's, it's a good, solid course in Wilmington. Wilmington, Delaware is about 30 miles south of Philadelphia. It's really the Philadelphia market in a way, although Wilmington is a big city in its own right. But over and above that, the golf course is a dandy challenge. And it was yesterday. Seven under par is... Keegan Bradley score. The big deal, the really big news, is that Tiger Woods is there. He's not playing, and he probably won't stay for all the four rounds, or three rounds, as a matter of fact, after today. But he was there. He was there to counsel with the PGA players, and his speeches that he made and his counseling with the other players was described as being very impacting, as only Tiger Woods can. This is a guy... He is the face now of the PGA. He's face of golf, as far as that's concerned. For the last 20 years. And has, and has done it himself. He's done it with great victories. Uh, like him or not, the guy has played wonderful golf, precision golf. He's a great player. He's not now, but he was then and still has that expertise, that charisma about him. He's very wealthy, but his word means an awful lot. Anxious to see what happens here in the next couple of months. So, you know, I know baseball is a game of numbers, and I love how sometimes people get so into the possibilities and what (laughs) could and what couldn't happen. And as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, Albert Pujols is getting closer and closer to 700. It got real interesting yesterday with that grand slam, my man. As a pinch hitter, that was an incredible move by... Uh, uh, Mr. Marmol, the manager of the Cardinals, he's up in the sixth inning. Cardinals are running away with the game. Colorado is just plain bad, folks. They are not a good baseball team at all. So the Cardinals have this big lead. It was 10 to nothing at one point, a little bit before Albert came in. But in the sixth inning, he comes up with the bases loaded. There is a left-handed pitcher in for Colorado. Albert didn't start yesterday. Let's put Albert in. He murders left-handers, and he did. Brand Salami. Grand Slam home run. That is number 690. This guy's been on an absolute tear. Now, this is not meant to be derogatory in any way, but the tear has been coming against some really bad teams. But over and above that, he still is hitting home runs. They are major league teams. Fact of the matter remains, he hit 690 yesterday. He has 10 to go to hit the Magic 700 mark, 45 games remaining. Can he do it? Uh, again, a lot depends on on how much he plays, where he where he is going to play. For instance, they're playing in Arizona this weekend. That's not a hitter's ballpark at all. 
Does he play much out there? There's just so many ifs, ands, and buts. So that's what I was going to tell you. After that happened, I'm a part of a, a pretty cool uh, Cardinals forum, and I literally this guy broke it down every single series over the next several weeks. And what did where, you say? Oh, it, I mean, dude, the, I wouldn't read that whole thing. Are you kidding me? It was crazy. I wouldn't even sit there and try and figure that out. I just sat there and go, you know what? I hope Albert does it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, so uh, what, what about the Royals? They uh, turned the ship around a little bit. Went down to Tampa, Florida, starting a series with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are a very good team, although they haven't had the great year they've had in the past. Tampa Bay beats the Royals by a score of 7-1, to one, and the Springfield Cardinals, playing at home against the Arkansas Travelers, score a run in the last of the ninth inning, beat the Trabs 5-4. to four. Jordan Walker had two home runs in this game. Hey, folks, the days are waning now. For the Springfield Cardinals being at home, they do have a couple more series remaining that do... Uh, invade the month of September, but your time to see them for this year is running out. You better not waste the opportunity. Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, uh, Mr. McGreevy, Mr. Graceffo, the, these are guys you want to see play. And they will be starting for the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe not next year, but in the, they are the few. I mean, every time you go out to the, that ballpark, the future Cardinals baseball is right mm-hmm. there. And you want to be able to say, I saw them win. And how many, and that's so, that's one of the greatest things about having them down here is your Cardinals fan being able to watch these guys develop over the last, you know, 20 plus years is just so cool because you just watch them and they got your starters who they started down here and we watch them at Hammonds Field. That's the identification process of playing at double A baseball. One of, (laughs) one of Scott Bales and our eyes' favorite individuals, Harrison Bader, when he was playing Mm -hmm. down here. Maybe we're in the Yankees pinstripes now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe he listened to Joe too much while he was down here. All right, uh, last but not least, definitely the uh, best for last. It is Red Friday, and the Chiefs take on the Commanders. They're back home at Arrowhead tomorrow. Ned Talk starts at 1. It does, indeed. We'll have the crew in here at 1. That's our Ozarks pregame show, 1 to 2. Then the network joins in at 2 o'clock, and you get the Kansas City Chiefs announcers on there, and they've set the stage for the exhibition game, one-hour pregame show. Then the game itself kicks off right around 3 o'clock. It's the Washington Commanders who are in. This is the second of three preseason games. The third one will be next Thursday, Thursday of next week, and that'll be the final. And the Chiefs have virtually two weeks off before the season starts. Got to tell you, I watched a little bit of the Chicago Bears play last night. That's who the Chiefs lost to in their first game last week at Soldier Field. I didn't think the Bears were very good. I may be wrong on this. They ran the Seattle Seahawks out of the ballpark in Seattle last night. And I thought looked pretty doggone smooth in doing that. So uh, there's... Uh, who can who can really ascertain anything from preseason football? Well, still, it is worth it, and it is football. And you can, I mean, you you gotta you gotta know what you're watching for. You gotta know, like, when the first team goes out there, do they go and make it look like it's good? Do you see the pressures from the defense and the coverage and stuff in those first team reps? And then you got to start to look at it from a depth perspective. So, to me, I'm, I know I'm a homer, but at the same time, I don't care. Game two tomorrow, bud. Have a good weekend, sir.